Odyssey Richmond is the number one shop for all college basketball fans. We've got you covered. WRVA for UVA Hoops, 96-1 for Virginia Tech, WRNL for your VCU Rams. Midday host on WRNL 910 The Fan, Adam Epstein and his VCU alum friends will discuss the VCU basketball program weekly with insight, analysis, and interviews. This weekly podcast will be the answer for all Virginia Commonwealth Hoops fans. Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! And this is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. Welcome back, Ram Nation. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, I'm your host, Adam Epstein, alongside my good buddies and pals, Chris Mason, Connor Bailey, and Caleb Jones. And boys, I've never seen VCU score 110 points in a game. Cannot remember the last time we did that. That was a very encouraging first outing uh, to see... Ryan Odom's new look team play. I actually do remember the last time we scored 110 <laughs> points. Uh, we beat Towson 112 to 53 in uh, Coach Mart's first year. Uh, this is like February 2010. Um, it actually, it was the game that started my streak of uh, VCU games going to. But uh, no, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. The threes were raining, uh, extra passes, hockey assists, all that stuff. It was fun to be there and, and seeing a game live in person, uh, not an inter squad scrimmage, but against an actual opponent. It was a fun day, and I'll be honest, I kind of got hammered at the game, so it was, it was a good time. Yeah, the margin of victory was unbelievable, 110 to 50, so they won by 60, so great offensively, great defensively, amazing first look at the Rams. Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway was the guards. Zeb Jackson, Jason Nelson in the lineup together and combined for 41 points and 15 assists, Caleb. The backcourt was playing incredibly well, and that's without our starter and arguably our best player, Max Shulga. Uh, but for me, yeah, Zeb, Zeb, Nel- Zeb Jackson blew me away. Um, I mean, his, his stat line of 20 and 10 and going, uh, was it 5 for 10 from 3 after his 3-point shooting percentage being such a big question mark was just a great statement uh, in his first game under Ryan Odom. So you mentioned Zeb. My, my observation was j uh, and you also mentioned that Shulga, you know, being out, it was kind of a late scratch. It sounds like it wasn't serious, but, uh, you know, something to keep him out for an exhibition game. Uh, but uh, J. Nell, he's in a situation this year where he, he's going to get plenty of playing time, but more than likely he's probably coming off the bench uh, to at least start. And, look, it's an exhibition game. It's not against grade, you know, grade A D1 talent. But to see him come out there and shoot five of eight from three, because remember, Jason Nelson played really well in the non-con last year for Richmond. Then kind of fizzled out. Richmond kind of – it hit like the end of January, and Richmond was just off the rest of the way. But it's good to see him start off fresh, and I hope it, hope he starts the regular season in the non-conference uh, shooting the ball well. Thoughts on the starting lineup, boys? Because none of us had that correctly um, with Christian Furman getting the start. And you told me that I, you I, think I, that that's a, a test for Rose? I was totally caught off guard. I <laughs> feel like more than anything it might be a message to Roosevelt Wheeler. Um, I don't know if he came here just expecting to start. Uh and it wasn't, you know, his, his attitude was great the entire game, and he came out and, and answered the bell. Um, but, yeah, the starting lineup in general was just all over the place. Uh, I think that your projected starting lineup was closer to maybe any of them, uh, you know, when we, when we predicted them last week. But, um, you know, with Michael Bell starting a true freshman, Furman over Roosevelt Wheeler, uh, Jane Ellen Zeb in the backcourt together, I, I, was, I was had some questions for sure. 
seeing Michael Bell, freshman, has been in this country for, what, two, three months? It was August when he came to the, this country officially from England. Seeing him start right away, and, you know, I, I mentioned this on the previous pod, I think his shot will come eventually, maybe not even this season, but he is huge. He's a freight, uh, we've seen a freight train, we've, we've had the freight train play at VCU, he's someone who takes the ball to the rack, and he's just so much bigger than a lot of his opponents. I love that he's starting right away. Last time we had a freshman start, day one, definitely. Ace Baldwin, I believe, but off the top of my head, uh, the only guy I can think of that started every game of his career was Bradford Burgess, yep, and yeah. Bell's in a situation he might start from day one. Yeah, and hopefully it's all four years here at VCU. Um, Christian Furman looked decent in the starting lineup. He looked bigger to me and stronger and rebounded, uh, I thought, pretty well. But as soon as Roosevelt Wheeler got into the game, the dynamic on offense changed, where I felt like everyone's confidence in themselves increased, and they were driving to the basket and dumping it off to Rose. It was like, draw the double team, find the big man. Seven of seven. He didn't miss a shot, Roosevelt Wheeler. He's a big body. I mean, and it's really nice that we have the luxury of two, I would say, interchangeable guys between Roosevelt and Furman. Um, You think with Roosevelt being the older guy, he would get the nod and start, but I guess it's, you know, pretty much irrelevant at this point. Um, But I think that our depth at the five position is – is really good and something we haven't had in quite a while. The how efficient Furman, both Furman and Rose were on a Saturday. And again, it's an exhibition game, so you you enjoy it, but you don't. You know, it's it's not the gospel. But it gave me. It kind of reminded me of the when Wade was here, uh, his two seasons as head coach. You had a junior and senior Mo Alicox and a sophomore and junior Justin Tillman, and we were incredibly efficient around the rim. Justin Tillman as a as a sophomore. He shot like 66% from the floor that year. Some He was like the trash man. Every every missed shot, he just got a rebound and put it in, and he ran the baseline a lot and got dunks. So we'll see if this this translates to the uh, regular season. But Roosevelt Wheeler and Christian Furman being efficient from the floor, huge. It's You've heard about Ryan Odom's offense. It's efficient, a lot of, lot of passing and such. Uh, so it was, it was a good dress rehearsal of what could be this year. Uh, it's not really an important point, but I – do want to point out that uh, Zeb was the starting one. After I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. I thought Zeb was fantastic. I and, think he's. And yeah, here's so. my thing: is that last year he came to VCU, transferred from Michigan. You know, everyone who was a top 100 guy, Coach Rhodes didn't care about that. It was can you play the havoc style of defense that we want to play? Offense was second, right? And it's second nature to a guy like him. But now offense is first and foremost in Ryan Odom's system. Yeah, I think he's a great segue from the previous regime into this new one because you know he's going to play defense and hawk the ball. But also, it looks like he might be able to provide some offense too, and he's a steady ball handler to boot. So I love what I saw from Zeb in that first game. Yeah, I loved uh, speaking of the big guys, coming back to that. uh, Toby, just like his eyes were above the rim, that one dunk. um, Had the most minutes of the big guys, 25 minutes. And And, and you guys were right that he can play the four position. He he was in there with another big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was impressed with him. Yeah, so I I just – I think Zeb was my biggest takeaway, though. I mean, I love the way he attacks the basket. Yeah, uh, I mean, and we do have to keep the opponent in mind a little bit. Um, I think we're certainly looking through rose-colored glasses right now. But it's better than the alternative in playing some D2 school really tight or losing to them like Kentucky Wesleyan. But, um, yeah. Louisville's bad. I'm sure Roosevelt's happy he's here. Yeah, they thing, so bad. One thing I found super interesting, I don't think I've ever seen a plus-minus this ridiculous, but yeah. Janelle had a plus-minus, a plus of 52. Yeah, <laughs> That's absurd. Rajon Connor on Mars Hill had a minus of 46. We were all joking around that. He's the, the guy from game. Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt bad for him. Yeah. Coach is going to be like, so you were minus 46 in the game. 
<laughs> when I see JNL's plus 52, it reminds me of Jalil Okafor for the Sixers because, like, his first two years, his plus minus was always, like, minus 20, and that was always a, talked about in NBA circles. Yeah, it thought, was like the most obsession about a plus minus was Jalil Okafor for the Sixers. I that's when like. they had like four big guys. Yeah. yeah. So I did my halftime show, which you can always hear on 910 The Fan, not 105.1 FM, or the Odyssey app around Richmond. And then after that, I went to sit with the boys for a little bit because it was an exhibition game. And I told you, Caleb, I think you were spot on with, with 2K, Kwani Kwani. He's going to average double figures this season. He looked great. And, uh, I mean, he only hit one three to get there. Uh, but, I mean, I love how well-rounded his game is. He, he can give us a lot of different, um, you know, versatility on, on both sides of the ball. So, um, and he's big. I mean, 6'9". So, uh, he's fluid, too. This is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is Season 2, Episode 2. And it is time to hand it off to the professor for the crowd rating, Chris Mason. Time's up, and the professor has arrived at classes with grades in hand. We're going to have recess all the time. Woo! How rowdy was the stew last night? Here to grade the crowd's performance, it's Chris Mason. Crowd rating. So this was a tough situation for the crowd um, given the circumstances Halloween Halloween weekend night on 85 degree day so that's excuse my grading curve because um, I yeah I didn't expect that many people to be there so I'd give that um, an a minus just based on all those circumstances there's tons of other stuff to do and the Rams were still um, Ram Nation still showed out there and uh, I went with Connor and Caleb pregame to the Rams house and uh Start talking with some guys uh, next to us, um, a couple, and yes, um, yeah, Connor, you hop in on the story because so, yeah. So basically, like it's a couple sitting next to us, mar- looking like a married dating couple, definitely older than us, probably at least in their forties. And um, I think it was Caleb who first made the interaction, but I definitely zoned out for a minute because y'all were talking and you guys found out that it was. Well, Zeb- I Zeb's asked parents. him. I asked him point yeah. blank. I was like, "Are you here to to watch one of the players?" And they're like. Number two is our son. And, like, I don't think you guys heard it. And I was I'm, like, I totally missed <laughs> it. You guys kept talking to him. I was like, I don't think they realize this is Zeb's oh, parents. Awesome. And it was funny because Connor, yeah, I heard it too. And Connor's like telling the Zeb's parents about Zeb. It's like, you know, Zeb, last year he was like, I do know. Yeah, I specifically said, I was like, I know his first year, 2020, 2021, uh, the kind of awkward, no fans year. That was his freshman year at Michigan. Michigan was one seed that year. So yeah. he, he like barely played. He was sick. And I was like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that was the sick year and stuff. And I was like, basically telling them about their son. And I was like, the bottom line is, he has the keys. He has the keys. And they're like, he, they're like, if he don't, if he doesn't know it, let me know. That's um, so yeah. funny. His parent, dude, they, they were they were cool people. I'm pretty sure they're, from yeah. interviewing Zeb last year that his dad played like D two or D three football. He was I believe fit. it. Yeah, he, he looked. Yeah, he looked good. Um, but they were super nice people, and um, I mean, they were telling us, you know, they're answering any question we asked. So um, hopefully we run into them again. Absolutely. They, they drink look, wine too. I, I think Nick Kern was obviously the fan favorite last year. I, I think it's going to be Zeb Jackson this year. He has a very good chance of that. And uh, one thing I wanted to mention behind the scenes: so Zeb, of course, played well enough. He was in the post game press conference alongside of Kwani Kwani, and afterwards. Zeb goes around and daps up every one of the media members, and uh, people said good game. It was just like, what a leader and captain. It yeah. was really cool. Nobody did that all of last year. Love so, it. Yeah, such a friendly guy. And, yeah, he's the 
one main holdover from last year. So, yeah, he's got to be the fan favorite. Uh, just a sidebar on the uh, – on. I don't know. I guess you haven't given your grade yet. But, yeah, I said A. Just uh, oh, was, yeah, A minus. Yeah, yeah A minus. Excuse uh, me. They list attendance at over 5,000. I don't know if I'm buying that, but um, – it was a pretty good turnout, but everyone was engaged. So. Yeah, yeah, everyone was engaged, and, yeah. and the video boards look good. It looked great. Yeah, I think no I replay. saw a replay. You saw a replay? <laughs> I saw a replay. <laughs> we saw a replay. All right, now it's time to hand it off to the stat monster, Caleb Jones. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Let's hand it off to Caleb Jones, the stat monster. It's early on in the season, but as we are acclimated uh, to Ryan Odom's offense, we constantly hear about how he wants to share the ball, make the next pass, make the best pass, and the best scorer on the team is the guy that's open. So I did a little deeper dive on uh, our assist numbers, and um, we had 31 assists in that game. Uh, Does anyone know what the school record for assists is at VCU in one game? I do not. I think it's 28 against UNC Greensboro in 2010. No. Uh, Joey had 17 assists. It was the yeah. home opener in 2010. So, <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. so it was 36 versus East Tennessee State on December 1st, 1973. Okay. Um, our, our, so dads, our dads may know what happened. Long that time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the fact that we had 31 assists in Ryan Odom's first game coaching us that we've seen – uh, being five assists off from that number, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Well, um, I just noticed the guys played very unselfish. Yeah. And it, and that that that's kind of getting to my next point. So Mike Rhodes would always <laughs> – everyone hates this, uh, you know, the saying that he had, but keep the ball hot. And uh, it when we did assist each other last year is when we were at our best. Um, so I was kind of curious at how many games over 20 assists that we had um, – as a team last year, um, we had two games over 20 assists as a team. If you look at Utah State last year, they had 11 games over 20 assists. Um, the VCU last year under Mike Rhodes had 11 games with less than 10 assists. Yeah. And I will say, last year's team, though, was a lot of one on one ball handlers that couldn't and, get their own shot with Ace, Jay Nell. Um, but, yeah, not Jay now, Jaden Nunn, and then obviously Deloach could get his own shot. Right, right. And I think that what what we're getting at is passing the ball is a much more efficient way to score because you're going to get wide open shots. And that leads me to my third point, which is our three-point shooting percentage last night was 42.9%, uh, or from last Saturday, I should say. I should say. Um, so if we can pass the ball like Ryan Odom's teams have shown that they will, uh, it's going to boil down to just hitting our shots. And right now it's looking like we got some pretty good shooters. Stat Monsters, so you, you mentioned the assists. You get 15 from your backcourt, Jason Nelson, Zeb Jackson. Can they start alongside each other this season? Um, I think they can, but I don't think that they will. I think that I think that Odom will use a system similar to what we had last year with Ace and Nunn, with Zeb spelling either one of them. I think you're going to have the same thing with Zeb at one, Shulga at two, and then JNL comes in for one of those. Uh, and then you kind of just have like a triangular rotation. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I, I, I'm super excited about that rotation. Also, seven assists for Fats Billups. I was going to say. And hit. after the game, the guy said that uh, 
Something like he believes he's Josh Allen of throwing alley oops. Like he <laughs> it's loves he's a Bills to throw fan. lobs. Oh, is he's he a Bills, Bills fan? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why they said that. That's yeah. cool. Um, I mean, I'll yeah, and the assist numbers were great. So if we can do that against better competition, then I will be very encouraged. I mean, let's just focus in on Fats for a second here because I think we all talked about in the black and gold game, it looked like the game was maybe a little too fast for him still. Uh, but not only did he have – Seven assists and 15 points, but five steals showing up on the defensive end, also getting a blocked shot. We need him. Fats, Fats was a, you know, you saw early glimpses last year. He could shoot the ball real well, but he didn't play a lot even before he got injured. And he gave me uh, vibes of 2014-2015 uh, where Terry Larrier would play offensively, mm. but Shaka Smart would take him out and put Jordan Burgess in defensively. Then Billups gets hurt, you know, kind of a, almost a lost season, more or less. Uh, but Billups in situation, if he passes the ball and hits shots, if he's playing, that's great. But if he's playing defense, then he adds another layer. I mean, this is a top, what was he, 80th, 70th overall in, in the top 100 list two Somewhere years ago? There, yeah. It's a top 100 recruit two years ago. You know he's got the talent. Kind of had bad luck last year with an injury. But if he can defend, then it's a whole other layer. Because we, we knew he had offensive game. Um, so if he can kind of be almost like a triple threat, essentially, that's huge for us. Yeah, I think he should focus on defense, but also – if he can be one of our spot-up three-point shooters uh, with the ball movement that we've been talking about in the Ryan Odom offense, now he was 2 of 4 in the exhibition game, but uh, two of them were wide-open shots. And he could be the guy that is a lock, knockdown three-point shooter when he's set. Yeah, I think our outside shooting was a pretty big question mark coming into this season for me. And after that game, I'm feeling a lot better about it because you had guys like Zeb go 5 for 10, JNL go five for eight. Uh, and, and then, yeah, like you're saying, Fats go three for seven. If those guys are hitting, and then, oh, yeah, you add in Max Shulga and Sean Berso, who were on paper probably our best shooters coming into the season, and you have 2K, uh, our, our shooting depth just got a lot better and make us a much more dangerous team. I'm, I'm just really excited. I love the stats overall. Passing is huge. I mean, the stat you just brought up, Two times last year we had was it two it was more than ten assists you said ten, ten yeah. or more yeah so twice last year compared to eleven for you Justin. no State. no no well yeah we had eleven games I'm sorry we had eleven games with uh, less than ten less assists than 10, and it was only which is absurd yeah which is <laughs> which is crazy I mean Utah State they were top they were in the twenties overall and come on they were, they had a top twenty Ken Palm offense last year mm-hmm. I know the only time off the top of my head that VCU's had a top twenty Ken Palm offense was the 06-07 season Anthony Grant's first year. We were, I think, 18th in Ken Palm offense. Eric Manor was like fourth in the nation assist to turnover ratio that year. It was like three point. It was like three point one to one. I think it was. He averaged like six point two assists to, to two turnovers, and that team won an NCAA tournament game against the hated Duke Blue Devils. So like, it's kind of a good thing to have a good offense. <laughs> just being honest with you. And it's just going to be night and day difference from last year too. And we all get to see it take place on Monday, November sixth, from the Seagull Center. As the Rams start their season against, I've been saying McNeese. It's definitely not McNeese, right? <laughs> McNeese. McNeese. McNeese win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your game breakdown? Uh, this team is very dangerous, extremely dangerous. They're going to start a starting lineup of guys that have all played at the Power 5 level, except for Christian Shoemate, who played at Tulsa. But that guy's stats uh, are very impressive. Um, average 15 points a game. Uh, where's where's the rebounds? Um, nine point seven rebounds a game. I mean that guy's gonna s- stuff the stat sheet. Uh, this team has size. They are not your typical 
what is it, Southland Conference? Yeah, they got, they got picked to win the Southland too. Yeah, yeah. it's um, they're big. And I give the athletic department credit for scheduling another tough team. This is giving me St. Peter's vibes from a few years ago. Uh, but hopefully they're not too tough in our first game under Ryan Odom. So something that happened last year, and it's happened in the past, not specifically to the, to the road staff, but last year we played some poor games in the out-of-conference. We lost to Jacksonville at home. Uh, we played kind of like crap against Morgan State, won that game. We played like crap against Howard, won that played game. Played like crap against Kennesaw State. Uh, in a Kennesaw State, they, they were a, they, they made the tournament and stuff. So I will say they that team kind of kind of punked us. <laughs> we like, were very fortunate. Oh, yeah, they, they I'll never forget, they had that fat, chubby guard he was that like, ran all the way past yeah, He was a dog. He yeah. was good. Kennesaw State, it was a bummer. They ended up being – it was kind of like Chattanooga two years ago where they actually ended up being pretty good. Um, so you, I try not to like sugarcoat things like, oh, this team's you know, you know, this team's better than you, their record, uh, whatever. But Minnie State, um, we it's a familiar coach, Coach Will Wade. We know he suspended was it ten games? I want to say. Yeah. So it's funny he like signed a contract and he and he like gets suspended right away. He's like, all right, whatever. Um, so interesting fact that uh, Caleb and I came across a couple days ago. One of their two main assistants is a Richmond native, Vernon Hamilton. Played at Clemps, uh, played at Benedictine High School. I think he's from, I think he's a Thomas Dale guy originally, but Benedictine High School, I want to say 03 or 04, uh, and then played four years at Clemson. Um, very good athlete, but uh, he's bounced around a little bit. I didn't, we didn't realize until a couple days ago that he was on Will Wade's staff at LSU. I knew he had, go, I knew he had played overseas and and went back to Clemson as a grad assistant, but very good athlete. Uh, but he's an assistant there, so kind of a Richmond connection, kind of cool. I'm sure. Third degree Vern. That's what they called him. <laughs> that was his nickname. Yeah, he he could hoop. Lefty uh, played center field on the baseball team for a couple of years. <laughs> Just a really good athlete, football receiver. Um, so that's something we kind of came across a couple of days ago. So it, would, it wouldn't surprise if he had some family in attention, um, in attendance. Excuse me. Caleb had just mentioned about the grad, some of these transfers. So kind of want to dive into that a little more. So we have DJ Richards Jr. last year as a freshman at UTSA, which is net, I believe they're in the American now. They were in the Conference USA last year. Average ten points, four rebounds. Uh, you have Anto- Antovian Column played two years at Ole Miss, two years at Cal State Bakersfield. Average thirteen points a game at Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, Shahada Wells is a grad transfer, played two years at JUCO, a year at UT Arlington, then two years at TCU. So these are P5 guys. Javon Garcia, another UMass guy. I think Shahada Wells uh, was picked first team all Southland. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he, he played two years at TCU, was hurt two years ago, but averaged five points a game for a six-seeded TCU team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have Mike Saunders Jr., two years at Cincy, one year at Utah. He's the one looking on Twitter. We don't know if he's eligible yet. Um, as far as I know, it's, it's, it's a Bamisil situation where it hasn't been approved yet. Yeah. Um, and the last one is C.J. Felder, two years at B.C., two years at Florida. Uh, as far as I know, he's a grad transfer. He's good. So a lot of grad transfers on the staff. This is a game kind of like a St. Peter's. Um, they're a good team, and they got picked for picked to win this Southland. So it's not like they're going to come up in here, kind of a picked fourth or fifth in the conference and just play a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. Will Wade, you know, say what you want about him. I'll be honest, he's up there, and coaches I would choose. If you just threw five random dudes on a court – Tell them, give me an hour before they can play a game. I, I Will Wade's a guy I would choose to get that team ready to play. Would I hang out with him, have a beer with him? Probably not. He's that's not him. He's more of a geek. You know, he he wouldn't hang out with you. He's he's doing research. You know, he's 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 coaching right now. He's reading like history books. Yeah. So, but he's a we we know he can coach basketball. Um. So this is gonna be a tough game. Unfortunately, I will not be there. Uh, we'll, we'll chat about this later, but uh, I'm getting married this weekend. So. Yeah, I know that was the big unfortunate. Like, yeah. congratulations, yeah. Connor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll I'll be uh, not in attendance at this game, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, it is definitely in my in my opinion. You have the th- three Orlando games, the home Memphis game. So that's four of your 13 out of conference games. I think this is the most talented team after those four that will play. Wow, in that's tough to start your and season it, like that. What's What's hard too is to scout this team because if you look at 
<laughs> their team last year, there's three guys that are returning that had any meaningful stats. Well, as much as you could argue it's tough to scout them, people it's are going to scout have, us. Yeah, it's going to be hard to scout us with all yeah. the transfers that we've got. Uh, I have heard VCU is selling tickets, uh, you know, by the boatload. So it should be a really good environment for the home opener to the Ryan Odom era. Yeah, I saw uh, Matt Shelton tweeted a few days ago uh, that there was like 400 tickets left and they're selling them for $15 a piece. So got to think game one of the Ryan Odom era will be a sellout, but we'll see. Yep, we'll see. And it all begins on Monday. At this point, we like to do a little throwback Thursday with Connor Bailey, who controls VCU's history. This week in VCU basketball history. Every episode, Connor will break down a memorable game in VCU basketball history that took place during this week in time. November 16th, 2008. Uh, now, the time frame's a tad off, but I'm using this date because it was a home opener back in 2008, 15 years ago. Uh, the season started about two weeks after it does now, so this is why I'm using that date. Uh, VCU Rams opened that season against the Citadel, so a military university similar to VMI down in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, and I used this game because the year before was the 07-08 season, and VCU was first place in the CAA that whole season long. It was Eric Maynard's junior year. He's getting NBA scouts are on him, that kind of thing. Anthony Grant year two. He can't he can't do no wrong. And then the CAA semifinals against William Mary, VCU loses as a one seed to William Mary. So it's just a bummer loss. They play in the NIT. They lose an NIT game by three to UAB. Who was coaching UAB back then? 2016. Remember Mike Davis, the uh, Indiana coach? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. was, he was coaching that UAB. Uh-huh. They, had, they had a dude, Robert Vaden Jr. Who yeah, they made, yeah they made the tournament. Of, I think the year before or the year after. Yeah. But, yeah, he was coaching there. But, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we, we missed the NCAA tournament in 2007-2008. So, 08-09 was a big – it was a it was something to prove. Two years before that, you beat Duke. The second year of Anthony Grant's tenure, you lose a tough game to William Mary in the conference tournament. So, we had a lot to approve that year. And I choose this game. It's kind of a nondescript game. VCU wins 82-59. to the reason why I choose this, it's Maynard's senior year. There's a lot of hype. It was a Sunday afternoon game, nice weather and stuff. One of those days you walk up to the Seagull Center, it's like 65 degrees. Um, but junior T.J. Gwynn had 20 points in that game. Um, and Caleb remembers T.J. Gwynn. I'm not, uh, it was before Adam and Chris. Uh, kind I saw of him in the last game. He was, yeah. Um, big dude. He was a football player playing basketball. He was <laughs> yoked. Uh, he was the kind of guy – if there was a rumble in a basketball game, you wanted him on your team because, mm-hmm. like, he was always going to have teammates back and stuff. But that game, he had 20 points and went eight for eight from the foul line. And I recall me telling my dad and brother right away, he's going to be first team all CAA. Uh, he averaged 4.4 points per game that year. So he just kind of <laughs> had a coming out party. So it was just kind of a fun, a fun game I remembered because it was a season opener and I made a, uh, made a prediction that didn't come true. Um, <laughs> So I mentioned that. I look at the stat sheet, and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten guys played in that game. Uh, TJ Gwynn led in scoring at 20. So we got ten guys. Can you guys name the other nine players that played in that game? 2008, 2009, Maynard's senior year, Grant's third year. Yeah, so obviously got Maynard, Joey. So I already said TJ Gwynn, obviously. Yeah. Maynard, Joey, that's three. Uh, Kirill. Kirill Pashanikov's four. Larry. Larry Sanders is five. You got one, Chris? No. There's no Rozelle, right? Rozelle um, is a sophomore. He played 23 <laughs> minutes in that game. Um, Ooh, uh, Lance Curse. Uh, Lance Curse was not on. He was on this roster. That's when he started dealing with yeah. Epstein Barr syndrome uh-huh. and stuff. So he didn't. He actually done, he didn't get any. No, <laughs> no offense, Adam. He didn't get any scratch in that uh, in that game. That was that whole kind of controversy. Uh, Mike Brown. 
Uh, no. So we have one, two, three. We have th- four Frank guys. Frank Dongo, on. James uh, Eversley. He's gone by now. Uh, one dude we see. One dude's on the staff. One dude we see regularly. One dude's got a different career now. Bradford. <laughs> Bradford played. Uh, played twenty one minutes in that game. Nice. Uh, so we got a walk on a dude that we see. Gerard regularly. Smith. Uh, um, yes. Wait, did you already say Ed Nixon? Ed Nixon's one of them. Nice. Uh, David was it, Gerard, was it Gerard Smith or was it? It was uh, G, G. They called him G Smith. You're, yeah. thinking, you're thinking the kind of short dude. He ended yeah, up going Gerard. To, yeah. was his name, right? Yeah, they, I think they just called him G. That's why he played four minutes in that game. So you're right. He, he ended up being a doctor. We have one more, right. and um, he's Wait, got a different career did you now. Say no to David oh, Hinton. Terrence Santiel. Da- uh, David Hinton was a walk on. Yes, oh. Terrence Santiel, who has a different career now. Uh, you guys can Google it if you want. Um, I'll ten, pass. Ten, ten minutes, five points. So that's the ten guys. Uh, that was a good pull. But yeah, TJ Gwen had twenty points, led. Maynard had a you know an awful stat line, twelve points, seven assists, just typical Maynard stuff. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the opener in the 0809 season against the Citadel. Nondescript, but I was wrong when I said TJ wouldn't be first team. <laughs> I love that. Are there any other good A10 games going on this week? Definitely. So I look. The first thing I want to say is, you know, we we start on Monday the Monday the sixth. Excuse me. The uh, next night, Tuesday the seventh. So I look at Drexel LaSalle, and then later that week, Friday the tenth is Penver St. Joe's. Typically, I would not care about these games, I'll be honest with you, but I don't know if you guys are aware. I don't know if our Philadelphia resident is aware. Yeah, hey, now, that's a big game. Yeah, the City Six changed. It's officially called the City Six now. Drexel's a part of it. It's changed. They used to always play each other. It's changed now. You get three three guaranteed games. So Drexel plays LaSalle. uh, Penn plays St. Joe's, and I I guess that means Temple plays Nova, and the winners kind of start playing each other. So so the reason why these games are important, one of these teams, LaSalle or St. Joe's, could end up playing Villanova. That's good for the A-10. Um, one of the big ones is that Wednesday the 8th, you have Florida Atlantic plays Loyola Chicago. Yeah. It's that Barstool Classic in Chicago. That's a big one. Because that's, that's a huge Because we game. need Loyola to be so much better yeah. this year. Yeah, it's a standalone game too, guys. Standalone, I'm pretty sure. I don't it's know the Barstool sure. Classic. Yeah. A lot of people are high on Loyola Chicago's additions too. A lot of too. people are. I mean, it, they could be – I don't think they're finishing last. I'll put it that yeah, way. I think they, they could be very much middle of the pack. I they think they're push, a lot. They could push the top of the league. But what if – we play FAU in Orlando, then we want FAU to win. And we beat FAU, right? They're on the total. You just confuse me, I'll be honest with you. Uh, no, he, no, 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 he obviously wants FAU's metrics to be good yeah. when we play them. Uh, so we want loyal but I think, I think we want the A10 to be stronger. That, the, and, but but what, if it's a, what if it's a bad loss for FAU? It's like, oh, they're not on the, they're on the bubble. Professor, here's the, other, here's the other side of that. They're on the absolute opposite side of the bracket, too. Yeah, We'd have to meet them in the first place or eighth place game, I think. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, I'm, but I'm we're, in for We're planning on playing Mike Rhodes in the first place game. That would be uh, the best. We, the only game that matters is the Iowa State game right now. But yeah, that's, that's, that a, that's, a, that's three pods away. Uh, other three games I look at, Charleston plays Duquesne on a neutral site at the Naval Academy on Big Friday game, the 10th. Yep. We, if you guys remember nine years ago, we played Tennessee at the Naval Academy that night. That was that I went to you, that game. You did? Yeah. Did you, uh, did you Jay Klein got he had, like, the concussion. He had like a seizure on the nah, court. He hit his head on the floor. He, and, like, yeah. he, he kind of like uh, had The a, dude that took him out. It was pretty blatant. He yeah, did it on was, purpose. I watched that game at City Dogs. Uh, but you, your boys, the Harris, did they hook you guys up with those tickets or something? Um, or? I don't know if we went with I, the I, we tried. We tried to go to that, and the tickets were kind of expensive, so I didn't end up going. Yeah, but that was a fun time, actually. We went to D.C. after that and stayed the night there and had a fun night. It was it was it was cool, but uh, that that's an interesting game. Good Charleston, good uh, good uh, not or good mid major team. And then the last two I look at are uh, Davidson plays Maryland in Asheville Friday night, and then Dayton at Northwestern. Northwestern a seven seed NCAA team last year won a first round game. Yeah, so those are kind of the big games from the first week I look yeah, at. Davidson, I don't expect a ton there, but if they push Maryland, I mean that that could suggest a good season for them. 
to neutral side. And then um, and they had Dayton at Northwestern. That's that's a great matchup. Um, I'm so I think happy we'll get that a, Ace Baldwin's we'll, not at Maryland. Yeah. So happy. We'll get a quick look at how good Dayton is. I mean, they just played Ohio State pretty tight in that exhibition, so I think they could give Northwestern a, a real good run for their money. Definitely. This is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. I'm Adam Epstein alongside Caleb Jones, Connor Bailey, and Chris Mason. It's time for my segment, AWOD's Energy. It's time for AWOD's Energy. What about VCU Hoops has AWOD pumped up for this week? So for me, with my AWOD Energy this segment, I wanted to bring it into a group discussion about the fact that this team revamped the roster, but with a great mix here where I think we're going to be solid offensively with enough shooters, and I think there's going to be enough holdover from the Havoc system of the previous seasons. It's not like we're going to all of a sudden suck defensively and be, you know, top 150, right? I think we could crack the top 100 defensively and maybe even top 50 offensively. So I'm really excited about the mix of offense and defense. I mean, we've got rim protectors. You know, I don't think we've talked enough about the length that we have. Kwani Kwani can block shots. Furman, Rose can block shots as well. Toby had like 20 dunks uh, with alley-oops in the exhibition game. Michael Bell is going to be able to rebound. So the length that we have is going to help us defensively, and then Ryan Odom's offense will help us score points. I'm feeling really good. I really like this roster construction. I feel like that Odom has some guys that he really wanted in terms of uh, skill and, and shooting. But then, yeah, we we did maintain a lot of that athleticism that's kind of uh, typically associated with VCU. So I, I love the blend that we have. And uh, right now our Ken Palm defense is rated higher than our offense, which, again, I do think will be inverted. But I think that the defense is not going to sag off as much as people think. So uh, I'm really excited to see see that and, and both sides of the ball. Odom even did a little bit of a full-court press there in the exhibition game, kind of just to show that we could do it. Something you mentioned, kind of keeping what you, we had previously with the Havoc system, uh, it, from what we've heard about Ryan Odom and based off of his coaching style, there's some similarities to Will Wade in terms of efficiency and such. But I look at 2015-2016, Will Wade's first season. We finished 31 in Ken Palm, but we were top 60 in both offense and defense. Offense was 58th and defense was 24th. I'm not saying that's going to be the situation this year. If you're top 60, top 75 in both offense and defense, you're probably going to be a top 60, 75 team. So I look at that in 2015-16, that was our stats. In 2016-2017, we were 48th in Ken Mom, so a little lower overall. 72nd in offense, 41st in defense. So top 75, again, in both statistics, we were a 10 seed in NCAA tournament day, both of those years, and we were second in the A-10 both those years, finished first the first year. Um, so I, I, you know, excuse me, look at the Rhodes era, and it was constantly top 10, top 15 in defense, but like 160th in offense, and really good at defense, but but darn, like we 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 found we we could never really kind of get over the hump as a team in the NCAA tournament, and I don't see that. I don't think that's going to happen this year. But let's be brutally honest. What do you want to watch when you watch a basketball game? I mean, like UVA is good. They've been good for a long time, but Tony Bennett's style of play is it'll make your eyes bleed at times you're right but it is a loaded question because there was nothing funner than watching or more fun than watching Briante Weber dive on the ground and yeah I, I totally agree like the way he could strap up in the backcourt like it's just it was so much fun it to was watch. cool and it was cool to have our own identity of havoc but I'm also excited about a new regime and a new type of havoc which could hey I mean that could be offensively too and the best part about havoc was these 7-0 runs the 10-0 runs we would go on 
we could still go on those runs with the amount of offense we have. They might just not come off of turnovers, maybe off of mixed shots. And I like watching Bones offensively. That was fun. Step back threes. Yeah. Lots of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can always get in touch with us by tweeting us throughout the show at BlackGoldFanPod. And you can send us a voicemail. This one comes in um, from a guy you guys sat next to at the game. This is Alien Aiden on Twitter. Hello to the Black and Gold Podcast and all of you VCU basketball fans. This is Alien Aiden. Thanks for touching base and asking my opinion on the new era of VCU basketball. Our VCU Rams will be exciting to watch this season. you got to get out there, Ram fans, and support this squad. The team is energetic on both ends of the floor. They get off a defensive rebound and get right up the floor and get into their offensive sets. Ball movement, high screens, baseline screens, drawing defenders, hammer passes to the corner. The players look to find space and score. I could tell Wheeler played in the ACC the way he moves around the lane to find space. We need Rose to be aggressive. Michael Bell, he's joining the big men underneath, getting rebounds. Bell is aggressive and skilled. He is a baller. VCU has spot-up shooters everywhere on the floor. Jason Nelson and Fats Billups are dangerous with space. Zeb Jackson, he's always been a baller. Now he gets the opportunity to play free and show his skills. I sat at the game with Rob Brandenburg, who was wearing his Jackson hoodie. We all love Zeb. He's got a green light. Toby Lawal, we all know he can jump. He's shooting the three this year. Kwani Kwani, he's so nice they named him twice. He can protect the glass, bring it up the court, shoot threes. An intelligent player who's all about helping the team. Christian Furman, he's active and aggressive. Hopefully a big sophomore jump from him. He got to start on Saturday, so look for him. I've watched the practice and the black and gold game, and I can tell you, Max Shulga, he has that eastern block toughness. He can shoot and get to the glass. He's a dime dropper. 6'5", can't wait to see him play. Sean Bairstow, he's also that big guard that can play inside out. He and Shulga, they'll eventually be our two-headed snake. We all have our fingers crossed for Bam. We don't know if he's going to get the waiver, but we can all hope. People have been raving about those 31 assists. Well, you got to make shots to get those assists, and they were doing it. The lineups will be interesting to see. He can play big. He can play small. I'm hyped. I'm hyped for this new staff, Coach Odom, and all our assistants. They're sharp people. We're in great hands. My question to the podcast guys, at Utah State, Coach Odom tended to go seven deep with what I would call heavy minutes. When Shulgun Bearstow come back healthy, what do you think he's going to do? You think he'll go with 10? My question is, who do you think is going to get most of the playing time? Thanks for the invitation to the podcast. I'll see you all at the stew. You can find me in Section 6. Ram it. Great, great voicemail, Alien Aiden. Made some really great points. And uh, Caleb will answer your question, but I wanted to double down on what he was talking about with Roosevelt Wheeler. Like, we need him to be a dog. And he came into the game and made an immediate impact with dunks and layups. And uh, my favorite thing about it was it felt like his teammates were trying to find him. They were going out of their way to get the big man involved. Uh, And it helps out with double teams. It helps out when you drive into traffic to have a guy that can flush. And, And so great points there, and I love the point about Roosevelt Wheeler. Yeah, first off, Alien Aiden, uh, that was an incredible voicemail. I love how you gave a little, uh, you know, info on each player, a little quick breakdown, uh, which were all super accurate in my opinion. Uh, But to answer your question, 
Um, obviously, we have to get through this Barristow injury first to see how the uh, the, the lineup's really going to break out. But I think that once Barristow's back, that we go nine deep. And I do think that some players' minutes aren't going to be as uh, as great. Um, you know, I, I do think that maybe we'll see how Michael Bell plays at first. Maybe he's not getting uh, 15, 20 minutes a game once we get into conference play. Maybe it's uh, obviously Bear Stowe's inserted back in the lineup and he's getting the lion's share there. Um, you know, maybe the same with Fats, maybe the same with Furman or Rose. Uh, that remains to be seen, but I do think that we're going to have Rose or Furman in there uh, pretty much all the time and they'll interchange those two. Um, but yeah, I think Janelle is going to rotate in with Zeb and Shulga. Uh, Fats and Michael Bell will spell Bear Stowe and 2K. And uh, you're going to get some blend of that. But I do think that you will see a few guys' minutes probably drop off when Barristow comes back. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think we'll play a nine, like you said. Uh, you know, right now we have 11, or with Okafor, it's 12 scholarship players, but Bamasil, Okafor's probably not going to play much. Bamasil, currently ineligible. So that's 10. And then we, Shulga and Barristow are, are out right now. It sounds like Shulga will play first game. Uh, but as soon as Barristow and Shulga are both all playing together, that's 10 guys, I, I think either. One of Billups or Bell, depending on how they're playing in November and into December, could get last minutes or Toby. Uh, especially if you kind of mentioned, Caleb just mentioned that uh, both Rose and Furman get in playing time. I think it's one of Billups, Bell, and Lawal. Someone at that group is really going to be, you know, really be tested early on because as soon as Barrister comes back, it's just you could put you can put Barrister at the three or you, or you could occasionally play Barrister at the four and that all of a sudden Toby's out there. Uh, so I think those three are the ones I want to see how they play in November because they need it. They need to prove that they want to get playing time come conference play. Yeah, you're right. I do think that Toby could see more minutes than Christian Furman because I do think that uh, you can put Toby in there at the four like we've seen, and I think you can trust him at the five. And you know, I might be just the only one that thinks that, but I, I think no, he could play a starting I, center. I agree with you. It just depends on who he's matched up against. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he can, he can keep up with pretty much anybody. It's just if they have a load in the paint, like a Chad Venning or something down low, that's not a good matchup, and you don't want to play Toby at the five in that It's just I had no clue that he only played seven, so I wonder if he goes with seven again this year instead of like the Army approach, who gets like the yeah. last two spots. And, that, goes. That's, and that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think that like, you go nine, but there's two guys that aren't going to get They'll get like ten the seven, minutes. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's good. Um, I mean, it's a good problem to have. And I just think that this team is a little too deep to cut at seven. To, I agree to, with to that. cut it at seven. I mean, yeah. it's a good problem. Yeah. yeah. I know. I kind of agree. And then uh, I'm also interested to see, like, Kwani Kwani and, and Michael Bell, can they play on the court at the same time together? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can put Michael Bell at three or four, no problem. Michael Bell's Trevion Graham. Actually, already, actually, two so, yeah, K uh, played it. He it wasn't long, but he played the five for a minute in that exhibition game. Granted, Mars Hill is not huge, tiny. Yeah, but I mean, he's a six nine guy. He's just not very big. I mean, all right. Let's get to the final thoughts of the day here on the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, and we'll start with Connor, Connor Bailey. Uh, so, final thoughts. Uh, I'm getting married this weekend, so I'm just gonna re- reiterate that. <laughs> So it's a little crazy. Does um, it feel weird saying that? It's weird. So I've, uh, my fiance Morgan, uh, we've been engaged for in 17 months at this point. Uh, yeah, 18 months or something like that. It's about a year and a half turnaround for the wedding. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to saying the word wife. Um, I can tell you, it's uh, I've 
got married on October 7th, and it's weird. Yeah, so... Uh, and I forget to say it. Do you have any marriage tips for almost four weeks of marriage? Um, No. I mean, things... Honestly, things haven't been that different because That's, we've lived together for quite a while. And um, But I will say just slow down and enjoy the wedding weekend because it's a blast. And... Uh, you're going to remember every second of it as long as you don't drink too much. Yeah, it's going to be a party. I'll be, I'll be, I'm way too like anxious anyway. So there's no way I can, there's no way I'll be drinking too much. <laughs> nah, that day, but I, you'll be fine. But I'm going to have a good day. Uh, I'm excited. Like I said, unfortunately, I'm not going to make the make me state game, but that's my final thoughts. The wedding, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I booked this day a year ago knowing that I'd probably miss, <laughs> probably miss one of the home games. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so this wasn't a, uh, this wasn't a shot to me. But um, my final thoughts is I'm excited for the basketball season. Uh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a Washington football fan by trade, so like, I'm, quite frankly, it's basketball season in my mind already. Yep. Um, but it's 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 November. It, the, the the leaves have been changing for the last few weeks. The the air is getting cooler. Also, Saturday's gonna be perfect weather. By the way, I hope you guys look into that. Nice. Um, but like my final thought is, I'm getting married, and next time I step foot in the Seagull Center will be next Friday against Sanford, and I will be my first game. It'll be it'll be game two sixty five for me at the Seagull Center regular season game. I'm pretty sure, if my math's correct if my Excel spreadsheet's accurate. Uh, but it'd be the first time being a married man at that game. My final thought is go Rams, and let's have fun this weekend. Absolutely. So I have uh, some bets. I lost a lot of money on the bachelor trip. Um, with Murph, I had him sleeping outside. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd be, like, chill up on the sand. You definitely like, almost did the last <laughs> night. Yeah, like, wait, what was the over? Or what was the spread on uh, Patrick Thompson getting lost? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Off the board. Yeah. Um, but this one, I'm doing a little parlay. I have um, a over under Alex Famudu minutes on the dance floor eight and a half. I was with a with him at a wedding um, in Kentucky in August. His back flared up. He was grimacing, kind of like a Max Scherzer. You know, he's a Mets fan, so. I'm hoping he's rehabbed. He's had a couple. Uh, what was <laughs> it? Eight minutes. Eight and, eight and a half minutes. He give should me kill over. it. I mean, yeah. Give me over. Abby. I'll take, I'll Abby likes to part. Abby likes to party. Yes. Give me over. And he, he's in good shape. He can crush. It's that funny event. that he's like Mr. Sh- Alex is Mr. Stretch, <laughs> and he like had an injury at the most recent wedding guys one day. And then I'm parlaying that. So I'm going the over, and I'm parlaying with Will Hannah Reed be wearing a hat at the ceremony? I'm g- it's no minus one ten, yes plus nine hundred. <laughs> Steve, if you're listening, g- give us some feedback. Let us know. Uh, I'm a sh- a hat will be worn at some point. That's yeah. all that matters. As long as the hat is on the head and we have visual evidence, <laughs> it, yes, yeah, a hat will be worn at some. Point. I, I don't know uh, this individual, but I'm gonna say if there's like any sort of props handed out, like we did at my wedding, then yeah. she will definitely have a hat on. Oh, that's a good point. Definitely, yeah, they have the usually you have like the photo booth. Yeah, with like you got all sorts couple of hats. Crazy in there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she always wears that like southern giant hat. But right. I would say. I'm going to go no. So I'm going over eight and a half. I'm going to no. cook the book here and just bring a hat and give it to her and collect go. my money. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. Caleb, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I'm excited for the season, especially after that exhibition game. Um, I cannot wait for Monday. And uh, the time is upon us. It's the best time of the year. All right. My final thoughts is I'd like all of us to go on record with a season MVP. And you can't repeat. That's my rule. Though you can't repeat? No. All right, then I'm going to start it off, <laughs> and I'm going to take the man who we have not seen yet. The guy that, what he's saying in the voicemail, came from the Eastern Block. Yeah. <laughs> Going Max Scholga. I'm fired up about him from the highlights I've seen from last season, and I thought he looked really smooth in the second half of the black and gold scrimmage. And uh, I just think he's the guy that can really take the A-10 by storm. Uh, he was voted second team all A-10. Uh, so I don't think it's that crazy to say he could finish first team. 
So I like Chris's curveball, but it's a curveball nonetheless because I would totally take Shulga in this instance <laughs> too. But I think we all we, we could trade later. I guess we could. Yeah, we can't all go chalk and say Shulga. But I think that Sean Bearstow, once he gets healthy, I think that he has all the tools to probably lead us in scoring and be our MVP. Remember last week, my hot take was that. Bearstow would be better at the start of the season, oh. and then Shogo would be better at the end. Well, now that Bearstow's hurt, my hot take's well, done. Yeah, we enjoy hot takes here, so I'll give you one too. I think Sean Bearstow is back before the end of December. I mean, I'm sorry, before the end of November. So I will see him in Orlando. I'm not a doctor. Well, you had that injury. I yeah, did. Yeah, I yeah. did give break the, that bone. Wasn't that the, like the details. Wasn't that like 25 years ago when you broke that bone? <laughs> uh, I was like 12 or 14. <laughs> but you played and, how many but weeks I was, later? I played. Three or four weeks later. Man. Was that the night that but it's Coach already Rhodes been was two or three you? weeks? No, that was a, that's a different <laughs> night. That is the greatest story ever. I mean, Mac McCarthy was scouting you then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for me, my MVP, and this is solely in the fact that if VCU wants to, if VCU is competing for an A10 title, and this player is, if not an All Conference player, is in discussion for an All Conference player, that means he's been a very good player all year. I'm going Zeb Jackson. Um, I, I think. I think I think he's the I don't think he leads us in scoring. I think he, there's a good chance he leads us in assists, if not Shulga. But I don't think he leads us in scoring. I think he's probably third in scoring. But in my opinion, he is the straw that stirs the drink this year. And it's funny. I'm pretty sure I said that about Bearstow two weeks ago. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, he's out for a little bit. I, I meeting Zeb's parents. They were drinking. One of them drinking a Chardonnay. One of them was drinking though definitely a glass of wine. They were oh, no, they, they were chilling. They did were you chilling. tell him to listen to the pod? Were you too busy telling them about I was, their son? I was, too busy, I was too busy giving them the rundown. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want Connor it to be that interactive. I told them that like John Beeline lived in my neighborhood, which is true. And he, uh, he was a neighbor of Patrick Thompson, actually, back in back in the old Richmond days and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, Connor talked to him to them about Jawan Howard. For yeah, like we, were talking about, we, were talk, we were talking about we were talking about a Kansas Michigan transfer. Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, I was like he was Hunter Dickinson's fr- uh, freshman year. Yeah. yeah. So, Connor, I do think moms that are best friends. If, if Zeb is yeah, if real. Zeb is a first team player, then we have a chance to win the A10. But I would also argue if Roosevelt Wheeler. That's my our, pick. If our starting center is first team, then we're going to look good in conference. That's your yeah. MVP. Big Rose. Yeah. NBA body. He's like six ten. Louisville. So he's a high major guy transferring down. And we always have good guards, but if we have a like amazing down, hop, hopping on it. <laughs> I mean, Rose, no. Rose looks gigantic out there. Yeah, and he huge. moves very well. All yeah. right, I'm writing it down. Should I, should I tell them the hot take that you told me during the exhibition? Um, you think Roosevelt Wheeler's more talented than Jalen Deloach? Oh, easily. Same. I agree. I kind of disagree, but give me more reasons why. I just think he's a more skilled player. Um, I mean, I think that. Because I always thought that De- I thought I think, I, th- if, I, I, I think, think if you're just comparing hook shots, I'd take Deloach. I think what I said was, yeah, maybe I did say that, um, but I, I I stand by that. I think that Deloach had kind of hit his ceiling with us. I mean, like he did he's not a big look good body. in the NCAA his, tournament. His game. post moves are kind of limited, and I think he would just score on smaller people. And he wasn't that explosive explosive of an athlete when you really look at. It. He wasn't just like flying all over the place, dunking on everyone. Um, you know, I just I, I like the upside of Rose a lot. Well, this has been the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the New Sports Radio nine ten The Fan, now at one hundred five one FM, and every VCU basketball game can be heard on nine ten The Fan. I do the pregame and the halftime before we pass it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. Appreciate you guys for the time. Go Rams, go! I hope you enjoyed the show.